You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter. And now, over to your hosts. I've I've just been thinking about what episode we are on uh, instead of actually uh, welcoming people to the show. So, uh, welcome to the show. This is uh, episode seventy. Which 70. Is, yeah, just making sure it is number 70. Uh, this is uh, the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name's Rusty, and uh, joining me is the usual group. Uh, over there is uh, Greg Badco being introduced first tonight. There you go, Rusty. Good, mate. And uh, next to me here, I can't quite turn around. That's what I didn't see there, Andrew. Andrew uh, Noble, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, going all right, thank you. Apart from the, this back issue, which is why I couldn't turn around properly. Very good. Well, gentlemen, it's been a little while since we've been in here, all three of us together. How you guys been? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, good. Busy, busy. Yep. Uh, any any shooting in that busyness at all? Uh, lots of thinking about it. Um, <laughs> loaded, lots of ammo. See, what I like about you, Andrew, is you're real consistent. Is you're always thinking I'm about consistently it. not <laughs> shooting enough. <laughs> no, actually, I, I did shoot. Um, yeah. I did take that Tika out for a shot. You did too. I did, so we had a night yeah. out with that. That was good. That's the TAC A1. No, I always get this wrong. TAC. TAC. Yeah, it is. It's the T3X TAC A1. The chassis. Tika. Yeah, that's yeah. one. And so, yeah, no, took that out for a, a night spotlighting, yep. which is good. Um, shot heaps of stuff and don't think I missed a shot, so I love nice. it. Nice. Nice. That's it. Always a good night. Clearly, How did clearly I made the rifle look good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> How did that Steiner go for you? Yeah, not bad. I, I would have liked to sort of familiarise myself a bit more with it. Yeah, okay. Prior yep. to actually pulling it out of the case at night time and <laughs> driving around the back of the ute mm. with it. Okay. But no, it, it was good. Um, yeah. Just sort of being a little bit more familiar with the controls on it might have helped. But um, Sure. How did it go with low light performance? Well, pretty everything good? was under a spotlight, so yeah, <laughs> it did yeah. pretty... Yeah, and, and the longest Will shot. Will you run red filters or not? No. Nah. Yeah, because yeah, that, that. that's usually a big test. Yeah, and look, most of the shots were 200 yards or less. So oh, yeah. yeah, pretty wasn't, straightforward. Wasn't sort challenging of stuff. sort of shooting. Yeah, so. yep. But no, good. Yeah, shot well, comfortable to use. And, you know, like most of the positions are sort of mm. not uh, comfortable and no. a bit all no, unorthodox. No, so. Never are, are they? Yeah, no. so. So so Fox doesn't pop up where you want it to. It's no, no surprise that all the spotlighters enjoy PRS shooting. Yeah. No surprise at all. Yeah. Excellent. And Greg, you uh, you shot a cat. Yeah, yeah. Are you real proud about it tonight? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty happy about that, <laughs> just to be honest. Good. A feral I'll, cat, I'll say. But, you know, not, I shot one too. I'm not picky. Yeah. That night at Spotlighting, actually, I shot oh, one too. Oh, you shot so one as well? Yeah. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. So it look, looks like I've got a job to do for the next few weeks. The neighbours yeah. are going to be <laughs> out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was hoping to catch a few fox pups out, but got a cat instead, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Always happy with that. Nice. And because um, you've been, well, it, I'm trying to think when the last one was, but you've been. Have we talked about your trip out? I don't know. I can't remember no, the last bloody episode. See, I'm getting I'm getting mixed up between this one now and your yeah. podcast, <laughs> where you spent the entire podcast or most of it speaking about that trip. So yeah. I feel like I've heard it all before. Yeah, but um, but I don't know if I've heard it on here or on that one. So which yeah. which we should mention, uh, Hunting HQ is uh, now a little bit more regularly getting podcasts up. Yeah, trying to get going one well each fortnight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so nice. just getting on, having a yarn about, I guess, more away from the precision shooting side of things. We're leaving that to you. Um, 
yeah. rusty, but um, more focused on the hunting side of things and the stalking and the gear and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and having and, a good laugh along the way. Yeah, my favourite segment. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, rum facts. Rum facts that have been absent for a little bit. Yeah, the, the rum baron's been a bit crook. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we usually kick it off with a bit of a rum fact. He's a bit of an encyclopedia about all things uh, grog, <laughs> and uh, he's a, he's an importer of rum into Australia, so he's, he knows a fair bit about it. And, um, good. Yeah, it's always interesting, the old rum fact. Nicely yeah. done. Nicely done. Well, I haven't, uh, I think I've been out, spent a little bit of time with that ticker. I did some filming actually recently with the ticker, a little bit with the Ruger, uh, and, and both compared. I did a bunch of videos in here last night. And, um, well, I wasn't going to talk about this first, but uh, started putting some new videos up through Impact Dynamics. So they're slightly, uh, slowly chipping away. Uh, we've done a couple now. They're pretty quick ones. They're only sort of one to two minute ones. And we'll start releasing some of the equipment. Uh, they're, they're not reviews. I'm not calling them reviews, but they're just sort of quick overviews, perhaps, of, of particular products with a little bit of thoughts put in. Um, that's uh, that's about it. So anyway, they're, they're, we'll do a link up but they're uh, from... Um, the Impact Dynamics channel, sort of revamping that a little bit. Speaking of which, um, I'm about to go on the road uh, tomorrow morning in about uh, six hours. <laughs> As you haven't thought this through, have I? <laughs> you, you make that sound like it's really bad. It's, I get up that time every day, Sam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you don't have a 16-hour driver, have you? No, I've got 16 hours of work ahead of me. Yeah, see, easy, <laughs> simple, nice. Doesn't ruin your back. Anyway. Oh, yeah, you could just listen to podcasts the whole way over here. <laughs> I'm going to listen to Hunting HQ. Uh, you guys have got five podcasts, so I'm going to listen to them yeah. three times each, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be the encyclopedia of Hunting HQ facts. And then every week we can present a Hunting HQ fact <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> no, we won't do that. All right. Uh, but what I'm, I'm doing, uh, and I guess the, the reason we bring it up, uh, and hopefully I can get this podcast up tonight uh, before I go, uh, we are... Spending some time over uh, in Sydney, Canberra, Bendigo, and Melbourne. And in each of those states, we're doing something. Now, we did put up a little podcast, so most of you have probably heard about the details of it, so I won't run into full details. But there's like a, our meetup nights. There's one in Sydney at Grain Bar on Monday, the something. Uh, what's that make it? The 12th? No. 13th, Monday the 13th and the 14th where it's Safari Firearms talking about long range shooting, PRS shooting, that sort of gear. The next night's the 15th will be with Simon Ross who's been on this show quite a few times and uh, having some beers with him at the Ducks Nuts, great name for a pub, in Canberra. Have you been to that one, Greg? No, I haven't been to that one. Worth worth going to, I'm told. I'll, I'll let you know, I guess. Um, and then Thursday night's at Smith's Outdoors in Bendigo. We're doing another long range session that night. And the Friday night, which is the 17th, puts us back at the Terminus Hotel in Melbourne in North Fitzroy. Again, for another meet-up there um, with a specific focus on ballistic software that night. Answering questions and pressing buttons. Uh, so if you've got anything, get down to that one. Um, and the Saturday, the last one of the, the weekend, is the session at Gunco in Melbourne at St Albans um, in the afternoon. So if you, the details are all on the Impact Dynamics website, on the uh, Precision Shooting Podcast website, on the Facebooks and everywhere else, or in the other podcasts where we actually talked about it. So anyway, that's enough details. I'm just, I'm got a big drive tomorrow. That's all I'm trying to say. Should be fun. We're going to record a podcast on the way, actually, and some videos and some other stuff. We'll see. We'll see. That could be a completely useless one, particularly if we wait 10 hours and then start recording. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not sure it'll make much sense, but that'll be with Dan. And we're probably going to cover the topic of wind if we can actually speak through it. 
Speaking of which, actually it's not related at all, but there has been a stack of cartridge releases in recent weeks. Have you guys noticed that? There's been... No, no. no? I've had a, a brief look at a couple of the ones that you mentioned earlier tonight. Yep. Not what, not one of them, which is interesting, but um, yeah, not not in depth. So we'll start out with a six point five PRC, which is from Hornady, stands for I think Precision Rifle Cartridge. So it's pretty uh, aptly named. <laughs> um, it's a Magnum bolt face six five short Magnum, effectively, from what I can tell. Oh yeah, I believe it's based on is it the. Compact Magnum or something? Yeah, the Ruger Compact Magnum for the brass. Yeah, so I wouldn't imagine it would be a big step up, you know, in sort of production capabilities or anything for them to make it. So it'd be interesting to see it. Mm. I heard it's similar, kind of maybe slightly less than a 6.5 short-action Ultramag. Yeah, that's the the rumour. And I think Hornady is sort of putting... Obviously, they've they've sniffed success with the Creedmoor and and want some more of it, Mm. and they're sort of advertising this one as the big brother. Um, I did have someone come comment on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. So I'm getting the plugs in, Greg. Yeah, he's doing well, man. Uh, on Precision, <laughs> Precision Shooting Podcast on Instagram. But I did have someone comment, actually it might have been on the Impact on MX1, I forget, uh, about about it thinking, oh, you know, like is, is the Creed more in danger of, of being phased out? Uh, you know, he sort of thought the 6.5 PRC would, would take over, but I, I can't see it happening, you know, with the, the trend going towards more sort of uh, lower recoiling guns, I don't mm. think it's going to go to a Magnum for a majority of competitors. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I, I would have thought that the you know the new PRC would be more sort of appealing for hunters. Mm. Yeah, a bit um, more energy, right? Yeah, and you know, flatter trajectories, but also you, know, you will burn a barrel out considerably faster with that than you will with a Creedmoor. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot faster, I would imagine. Yeah, and for guys that are, are, are doing a lot of PRS shoots and the training, you, they're just going to cook barrels too quick. Yeah, maybe there's a market for it um, with some of those like extended range PRS type matches where they're sort of you know shooting not not close to nine hundred and stepping out to over a mile. Um, perhaps it's it's a caliber that would suit those um, just to get that yeah bit of extra velocity in there. Probably not quite as the volume of yeah, rounds fired. As no, well. so yeah, but certainly for hunting, you know, long range hunting, oh, yeah. I imagine it would be pretty capable. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that thing. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. It's an interesting one. I certainly sort of peaked up when I saw it. Um, be interesting to to see um, how it goes. But speaking of the lower recalling stuff, I saw some brass kicking around that uh, that was head stamped twenty two Creedmoor. Have you guys seen much on that? No, not at all. No, again, nothing. But I, I imagined it would be, would have been done quite quickly after the you know, the six five Creedmoor was released. Somebody would have done it. So mm. yeah, but interesting. Well, it's, not, it's not a um, it's not a crazy uh, step. It's not certainly not nothing new. Um, I mean, obviously in a, in a Creedmoor setup, but you know, it's the twenty two two fifty is probably in a similar realm. A uh, um, now I'm trying to think what that one's called. A twenty two two four three. There's a name for that. Cheetah. Twenty two cheetah. Anyway, no, there's multiple yeah, variants of it. There is. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the other one that's come along is the two four Valkyrie. Is that how I say it? Yeah. Like I have heard of that one, and I believe I saw might have seen some ballistic information about it. 
Well, um, I, I do actually have it here. I mean, this is us. You know, this is great just talking about it, but it might be useful to, to yeah, mention. Yeah, I was going to say the, the the names are. You know, Great, yeah. <laughs> relatively meaningless to me. I've got to see what their changes are. Like, you know, if they change the shoulder angle or if they, they're trying to get SD, are they trying to they're trying to push it harder, just purely push it harder? Or the, you, you, that that Valkyrie, uh, is that not aimed at the AR-15 platform primarily? It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. And, and so yep. what they're, they're plugging here is is they're saying it's supersonic out to 1,300 yards. Uh, oh, nice. Running a yep. ninety grain Sierra Match King at twenty seven hundred feet per second. Now that that did get my interest, I have yeah. to say. And and I talked before about that trend going to something in terms of lighter recalling. Yep. I it, it would never have surprised me if if two two fours end up being fairly popular in the uh, in the PRS. I'm not saying it's going that way, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Um, so anyway, so it was interesting what, to see what these sort ones. of MVs are they claiming with this twenty seven hundred feet per second with a, with a ninety grainer, with a ninety grainer. Mm. So doesn't go sub until thirteen hundred. Yep. Yeah, so right. My only concern, sort of, with a from a PRS perspective, would be once you start downsizing projectiles, it makes you know. Um, Spotting, Spotting shots. Yeah, a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah look, gr- granted, but um, I don't know if you guys saw the post from Huntsman Firearms today, but the target indicators from Magneto yeah, uh, I did see that. are yeah. on their way to us here in Australia. I know they've been kicking oh, okay. around in the US, and, mm-hmm. and I think the prevalence of those types of devices mm. and Light Reactor, another brand who make really good top-quality stuff, um, those prevalence of those and then there's more as well mm. as those things come around more i think that will reduce the the issues that we see around sort of missing shots you know for a lot of the six mil guys who yeah, perhaps yeah. will attest to some of their shots not necessarily getting counted when they thought they hit it yeah yeah but it's also spotting your own shots if you miss yep you know whether it be in prs in comp or whether it be mm. yeah, vomiting or hunting whatever it might be mm. yeah, know, fair it point. certainly does help to see your own shot and yep. a smaller bullet the, the harder it is to see. Mm. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see. It's interesting that there's a bit of interest. I mean, that earlier in the year, the 22 Nozzler came out. And again, that's more of the AR platform, but it doesn't mean that we can't run them in a bolt action, mm. given uh, you know, given what we can do with them. Speaking of bolt actions, now you guys all have seen this rifle, the uh, new Lithgow LA-105 Woomera. Or it might have been Woomera first, but anyway, I'm not great with model names. But there's Woomera and there's LA105 <laughs> and Lithgow Make It. Uh, you guys seen this one? Yes, you yeah. have. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So where would that be made? At in, in in Lithgow. All <laughs> oh, right, Greg. Okay. That would um, be a slight in joke, but um, Lithgow is is in Lithgow? Made, made in Lithgow. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I never and, knew that before. And <laughs> you know, not not even just in the outskirts or anything. Literally like a, a street or two back from the main road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. I live to give. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Good. Um, sidetracked slightly. Uh, come back, coming back to the... Uh, see, it's not made in Woomera, Greg. This this is where yeah, you got confused. So you see, there's a big difference. Mate. That's right. The difference. 105 Woomera you thought might have been made in Woomera. But back to the rifle. Yeah, it's a sexy looking beast. <laughs> it is. It is. So... <laughs> It's uh, I guess it's you know taken from a 102 uh, modif- modified and, and then put into a KRG X-ray chassis. Now, if you're not familiar with the X-ray chassis, it's like the the cheaper version of the Whiskey Three chassis. 
Okay. Um, which has probably been around longer, perhaps more well known. Um, and I, I believe the decision to go with that is obviously to keep the price down overall yeah, with the competitive. gun. Competitive, yeah. Mm, so, is there any results out there yet? Like shooting results? No, well, the gun's not out yet. Um, yeah, so they haven't released anything. Nothing, no. So it's no. scheduled for f- second quarter for the six five Creedmoor next year. So a little while to go before we see it. Um, or, and, I believe I've been told by people who've shot it uh, mm. that it shoots really, really well, consistently, sort of 0.3, um, which is nice to hear. But, you know, Lithgows generally shoot quite well. So that's, mm. I guess, confidence in that, that Lithgows shoot well. Yeah, yeah. I do know that Lithgow entered a bit of a team into the PRS in Mildura mm-hmm. and have been working on um, making these this that gun rifle. a yep. very dedicated PRS gun. So Off the shelf, yeah. Yeah, and yep. and from the price I've seen about twenty eight hundred. Yep. Okay, so it's in for an off the shelf, ready to go PRS. Yeah, it sits yeah. right in the middle there, mm. um, sort of towards the higher side, but not right up the top. Mm. Yeah, I think they've uh, they've made a wise choice there. I mean, you look at the the growing interest in mm. not just PRS, but you know, sort of all long range. Yeah, yeah, long range type comps and hunting and whatnot. It would fit quite well into all those fields. Yeah, mm. I think it does. And um, yeah, so it would be it would be good to see. I'm, I'm very excited. I know that pre-orders, I believe, have gone pretty crazy. With oh, good, it, which good. is excellent to see support for the Australian side of things. Absolutely, and uh, we hope that continues. So we'd love to see some feedback from people. I mean, I, I know, <laughs> I know um, that there's been a lot of interest on Facebook about it. Yeah. So when are they due to actually hit the streets? Yes, so to speak, quarter to uh, second quarter next year, second 2018. Quarter next year. So. Okay, not far off. So not far off. That'll go pretty quick. Yeah, and that's 6.5, and then I think the next quarter, uh, again, fairly vague time frames, but at least, you know, sort of pins it down to some degree, Um, the 308 will come on board. Yep. And I don't know what other calibers they're planning. Yeah. I do hope they're doing a 2 to 3 because it'd be great to be able to have a training gun. Trainer as well. Yeah. Yeah, in the same. Yep. But hopefully that X-ray chassis is available as an aftermarket option from KRG. Yep. So you could drop a 102, 2D3 into it to yep. run as a trainer. Yep, yep. So that that chassis, is that pretty light? Yeah. Yeah, because it looks pretty light. cut back. Looks, mm. yeah. So it'd probably be a good one to lug around as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, actually on that on that um, episode I'll do with Dan on the drive over, um, I'll ask him because he runs a Whiskey 3, which is oh, a similar, does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, similar style. And, and you might ask him a little bit about what his thoughts on that 105 are. It'd be good to see. Would it be something you guys would look at? Is it, you know, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's definitely a nice rifle. If I was in the market, I'd definitely have a real close look at them. Hmm. I'm obviously keen to see results from a reloader, like yep. once a reloader gets hold of it and hmm. what they can produce out of it, and uh, I'd be pretty keen to see that, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully they can keep up with, with demand. Like, hmm. yeah. know, supply and demand's a big one. I mean, if they you know, get swamped and can't, yeah. uh, can't get them out the door, you know, well, it hope, could put you know, a lot of people off, but hopefully they... Yeah, prepared for that. Yeah. You know, they've supplied defence in the past, haven't they? So Still do. Yeah. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, if they can handle those sort of orders, hopefully mm. they can get them out there quick. Problem is they're probably still doing those sort of orders yeah. at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> so I imagine they're fairly busy. Yeah. 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 Good. Uh, I thought I'd best give everyone a PRS update. Now, don't get too excited. I haven't got much information for you, but um, I can tell you that 
we are aiming to release event dates next year. So there won't be any information released uh, in 2017 about the shoots. Uh, we will be releasing hopefully what will be a calendar of events for 2018. So early next year. Early next year. Yep. Um, don't know if it's going to be first quarter. Running yep. on the Lithgow methodology, but no, yeah. we we will be getting it out um, early next year when we've got a number of events locked down. Yep. So and um, they'll hear it here first, yeah. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Depending on if we're doing podcasts that week or not, <laughs> pretty much. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, and we'll have some dates and details for you. Uh, if you are in SA, there is a Rimfire comp and and potential series starting up next year. So we will put that up on the Facebook, no doubt. Um, but 21st of January, uh, if you're in Adelaide, I have seen that there's some, some PRS-style uh, shoots, practical shoots, coming up in Queensland or, or have happened in Queensland recently. Oh, great. Which is excellent. So we shall uh, we'll certainly share all that information as it comes to us. So, if guys, if you have shoots or rimfire shoots or anything you can invite people along to, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Because we want to get that word out there and keep on promoting it. It would be excellent. Andrew, I want to bring up your favourite topic. Feral cats. Far away. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, it was put up not long ago. We haven't been on for a little while, so but it wasn't too long ago that the – let's have a look when this was, late October, that uh, – here we go. Here's a story. Breaking. Breaking news. That we're slightly late on. Americans connect at 5,000 yards, 2.84 miles for new long-range world record. Over to you, Andrew. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I guess it's probably the first time somebody's done that. But um, You sound uh, enthralled. Yeah, look, I, I, <laughs> I see these things and I... You know, it's yes, it's an achievement to to get a hit that far, mm-hmm. but you read a little more into it, um, and it was a pretty low percentage shot. I think they fired thirty seven rounds to get a hit on. Well, it appears to be two targets side by side. So, I mean, look, I thought I, to get a world record, you had to repeat it. I I don't think it was necessarily recognised by any official body. Yeah. Here, but. Um, yeah, look, I mean, to me, I would be a lot more interested in it if it was consistent and if it was repeatable or able to be achieved without blasting off, you know, a couple of boxes of ammo to get the result. Mm. Um, like, I, I'm not sure really what it, you know, what they've achieved out of it, really. Like, what what was the goal? What did they learn along the way? Um, mm. Could they do it again with less? Or was it just okay? Well, this is the data we've got. Now we're gonna we're gonna fire, and you know, like the natural dispersion of the rounds will be this this bigger group, and and one of them might hit the target. Just run the statistics. So yeah. yeah. I, so I, I did read it when I saw it come out. Yep. And I thought, okay, that's a long way, but it doesn't to me really mean a lot, effectively. Sure. Sure. So to give a bit more context around it, um, it was a Armalite AR-30 chambered in 408, I don't know how to pronounce that, T-E-J-A-S. You guys want to have a go at that? Tejas? No, the J would be pronounced a H probably. Tejas? Something like that. It's basically a 408 Shytac improved, effectively. There you go. All right, beautiful. So, increased case capacity uh, of it. Um, Details on it. It was a uh, 31-inch P 
Tacknor Barrel. Um, what is of, of interest, pieces, though? Dual trigger. Um, they did use the Charlie Tarek, which we have yeah, discussed before. which we have. Mm. Absolutely. Ivy adjustable scope rings with a Charlie Tarek prism. Now, if you don't know what one is, they're sort of like a little, what do we describe it as, a periscope for the end of it, which adjusts X amount of uh, yeah. hundreds of MOA, which you'd need for a 5,000-yard shot, one would assume. Um, and the details would uh, hear that they they had batches of 10 rounds with varying powder charges in, in batches of 10. And they connected with the target on the seventh shot in the fourth batch. So I guess they were effectively trying to see if something grouped as they shot at 5,000 yards. Um, and in flight for 12.81 seconds. Um, yeah, see, they're, yeah. they're effectively doing a ladder test. Yeah. I mean, the, the sort of the ridiculous nature of that is it's, it's 5,000 yards. I mean, you look at, the, the variations that yeah, are going to happen. That's I mean, a long way. You know, look, it, yes, it's they got they did hit the target. You can't deny that. But what yep. would be impressive if they hit it, say, three times? Totally. And I'm, I'm just trying to see if they've got any information there about being a, having shot at multiple times, which I don't – it doesn't say, so I assume not. Yeah. Look, um, I would presume that now they've, you know, they've hopefully got the rifle sorted out, they might actually try for that consistency. Yeah, back it up. With yeah, something. and yeah. – you know, I mean, they've cool. obviously gone to a fairly detailed extent to, to get where they are. So, I'd I'd be surprised if we didn't see more from those guys. Yeah, yeah. and hopefully, and that would would be more impressive to me. Like what totally. they've done now is sort of the, there's the development of the gun and the system. So, yep. it'd be nice if they, you know, like a five thousand yard pig kill or something like that would be good. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> or a cat, perhaps a cat. Yeah, perhaps well, a cat. Well, they, yeah, that'd yeah. be even better. Um, so, there's, you know, credit to where the credit due because I, I mean, I thought it was a good shot, and obviously they 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 decided to aim for something, and they they got it eventually, and and certainly the, it'd be wonderful to see groups. But I guess these guys, uh, or this sort of concept, is really trying to push the envelope with what's possible, and then perhaps behind that is the the guys shooting the the king of one uh, two miles sort of stuff where they're sort of really working on being able to try and repeat this process and do it uh, consistently. So I think uh, I think that um, almost two camps exist where there's sort of that that you know how far can we shoot on a really regular basis and, and know we're hitting it every time to how far is this actually possible and perhaps this is at that can it be done type level and and it can be done perhaps not. As as regular as as would be you know considered consistent, uh, certainly not regular enough to keep uh, Andrew happy, but the um, the fact that it can be done, hopefully exactly what you're saying, they can refine it and and work on it. Yeah, look, it does surprise me they chose a 408 over over a 375 variant. Mm. Um, yep. But I'd be interested to see what their logic was in that regard. But so, I mean, yeah, so credit to him, the, the, um, Charlie Melton was the gentleman, um, former Navy SNIL sniper, uh, owner of Charlie Mike Precision Shooting School. Uh, worked also with Brad Stair of Performance Guns um, to make it all happen. And there's you know, no doubt there's a, there's a swag of the guys there. Um, so, you know, congratulations to them because they set out to do what they well, achieve what they wanted to do. Um, and hopefully the, the knowledge and the information they did learn can filter back down. 
and and they can continue to you know exactly what you said and see if they can group and and make it work consistently out there. Yep, be impressive, really impressive. Yeah, I mean it. It'd be interesting to see sort of how far is is possible attainable. Mm. I mean, I guess when you look at the bullet being in flight for so long, there is so much outside the control. Oh yeah, of yeah, the shooter so and the gun. It's there's mm. some skill to get it in the right bloody oh, area. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and, but I mean, it's. it's it's one of those things that it's uh, yeah. you have the the literally the best shooter with the best firearm with the most accurate load in the world, but mm. those little variations in the atmosphere, you know, slight wind changes, it's, you're gone. But yeah, you sneeze while you're pulling the trigger, all that sort maybe of maybe you know, important they were things. Set up on the moon, they could really kind of test it. <laughs> yeah. We could maybe get Greg to fund a mission up there. <laughs> no problem. I got a good visa. You got a good mate, Elon Musk, and you, you guys are buddies. Didn't you loan him some cash? build a big battery or something yeah. <laughs> all right good uh the the i think i think that covers news we saw thought we'd sort of just spend a bit of time talking about some of the news in the firearms world um is there anything else that you guys are aware of there's probably heaps we're missing we're not all over it but no there's just one small thing um is a wrong fact? No, no no <laughs> no but this port's pretty good okay um no um ab updated and incorporated oh, good call incorporated a Steiner rangefinder. I think it's a military rangefinder, though. Uh, might Americans might be able to use it, but uh, right. wouldn't be available to Australia. But they've introduced... Oh, this is Kestrel, not... AB. AB, AB the app. Sorry, Ke- Kestrel. Yeah. Sorry, the no. Kestrel Elite. Where am I? I'm off on another planet. <laughs> Must be that port. Yeah. But anyway... <coughs> it's no. musket, so you really yeah, are. Kestrel have, <laughs> have introduced another rangefinder to the, to the uh, Elite. Okay. In the latest update. So. Great. I think we mentioned that when you weren't here, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but do you, have, do you know the model number for the Steiner? Because no, we I didn't did look it up. It it's like a set of binos, yep. uh, military spec binos with a rangefinder built yeah. in. Okay. Um, and it looked very ITAR, as in it can't come <laughs> into Australia. Um, that, that that was my impression, but then I just sort of put it to the side. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it didn't have a very normal name. It had a very military military style Model number. Well, I'm I'm hoping to be at Beretta sometime next week, so I will attempt to ask them if that's one that's coming in. We'll try and try and dig that up. Yeah, so if you yep. get me get me that. Yeah, I have a pair. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. You shout. He'll shout us a pair. That's what I heard. Yeah, I think yeah, it, had some, it had some pretty extreme stats on it. Yeah, nice. From memory. Yeah, nice. It was a pretty nice bit of kit. Speaking of AB updating, um, depending on when you're listening to this in relation to when you checked last, uh, there has been some updates with yeah, AB. Yeah, there has. Um, yeah. Which is good. There's been a few little things on the Android I saw at some point, uh, a few little button changes and, and uh, a little bit smoother in some stuff. It's been more consistent. But also on the iPhone, there's been a recent update with a whole stack more and and. Can you purchase custom drag curves? Yeah, you yeah, can purchase the, custom drag curves. Yeah. That's, that's so, the big one. Yeah. iPhone's and, only and waited forever. As for well, that. there's more reticles on the app as well. Oh, is it? Which yeah, is I good. Didn't know about so, that yep. yeah, there's some, there's some great updates from uh, from Ply Ballistics, mm. which is wonderful to see. Yeah, great um, bit of kit. Mm, so we, uh, we we look forward to that, and of course, hopefully, some more, some more coming through. The, oh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, because um, I, I talked about it briefly, about that Garmin, uh, and we did some photos and stuff when we were at Shot um, Shot Expo, that that Garmin GPS with AB oh, built yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... The watch. Kirk from the Precision Rifle Media podcast mm. did an interview with Nick Vitalbo 
on that, effectively mostly on that particular device. And it is really worth listening to if that was of interest to you because they went much deeper than, well, we didn't really go deep at all because I only spent you know, a little bit of time with it, but they went really deep with it. And it it seems that it could be a really good option for those guys looking for some sort of ballistic solution that will utilise the features on it. So yep. I'd encourage you to go listen to the Precision Rifle Media podcast, uh, latest one with Nick Vitalbo. So, um, right Yeah. That would be good. Just quickly before I forget too, um, in regards to new stuff on the market, Yep. I did see, I think it was only just yesterday or the day before, a company called Kruger Optics. Oh, that's Optical, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, coming out with a carbon fibre scope. Um, effectively, I, I don't know how much of it is carbon fibre. Certainly the main body tube is mm-hmm. by the looks of the pictures. Very little info available at this stage. They're not on the market yet. And not I don't not think first, and so it's probably legit. Well, yeah. it looks, looks legit. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's enough photos there. I mean, I know you can fake that, but I think it's legit. Um, so yeah. what would be the advantages there in, in your... Weight. Purely weight. Weight and strength, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and its ability to take a hit. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Without, like, sort of denting and all that sort of... It'd be interesting to talk to somebody who's, a, you know, sort of a composite expert, you know, maybe like Mark yeah. Bourne or somebody like that from mm-hmm. Bolly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to get his take on it, but one when I saw it, I thought, I thought, wow, I wonder why that hasn't been done before. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I don't really know why it hasn't been done before, but it'd be interesting to see how they go. I think initially they're only talking a couple of different models. Yeah, the, the model I saw didn't look like something that we we would use, but certainly for a lightweight hunting gun, I mean, that's that's the first sort of thought of where it would would work. Yeah, I saw there was two. There's one. Uh, low-powered sort of compact type scope yep. and then there was a, a 6 to 18 or oh, a right, 3 okay. to 18 or something like that. Take so it all back then. I didn't see that one. Something similar that we, you know certainly would have longer range applications. However, I think they said the initial ones were only second focal plane. Okay. So, look, um, if they work and they succeed, I think they'll probably add to that lineup fairly quickly. Mm. But, uh, mm. yeah, sort of certainly worth keeping an yeah, eye out for. That's an interesting, yeah, um, advancement, I could say. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about carbon fiber. To no, I don't either. What, <laughs> yeah, what, how? I mean, I, you, know, you know, it's you know, theory stronger than steel and and all that yeah, sort of gear yeah. and stuff. But I, I don't know. The, the workings, obviously, right. Getting someone who actually knows that stuff would be really good mm. to sort of co- talk through. Be interesting to see. Really interesting yeah, to see because it makes it makes some sense. Yeah, A lot does. of stuff's gone that way. Mm. But there also might be reasons why it hasn't been done yet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We shall find yeah. out. Absolutely. Same reason I've never ridden a Segway. Speaking, yeah. speaking of which, we shall move into the next part of the uh, conversation. Did you like that, Greg? Yeah, I did. Uh, I yeah. thought that was pretty good. Well good, done. good. Uh, all right. So um, we, we we have a few questions from some listeners. We're going to start with uh, Aaron. Now, Aaron's a Patreon supporter. Oh, what a legend. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we, we don't bang on it about it too much but we have set up a patreon account because it does cost some money to make this thing uh, run and we would really appreciate anyone if you've got a dollar a month or something that you can throw on that um, we will be doing a little bit of exclusive content um, the podcasts have a little bit extra uh, in them and the uh, there's some you know, sort of early releases of videos and bits and pieces so if you like that check out the patreon link in the show notes or look us up on there and you can uh, basically be 
be part of the show, which would be awesome. And it seems that you get your questions read out first as well. Um, don't worry, you, you can listen to the show for free, all that sort of gear. If you can't afford it, that's no drama at all. But if you uh, if you do like what we do, we'd really appreciate it. If you uh, jumped on there and chipped in what you could, it would make things heaps easier because uh, Andrew's mic stand's broken. <laughs> Yeah, we found I have to lie on the floor to talk. Yeah, pretty much. Is comfy down there? Very. Good. Excellent. Uh, all right, so speaking of which, uh, Patreon supporter Aaron uh, is has flicked us a question. Uh, here it is. As a new person entering into long-range target shooting, what advice would you give someone just starting off? And, if anything, to avoid... I don't have access to any mentors as such, or well, Greg's available, and all that I have learnt so far has been self-taught or picked up from books or online. Thanks in advance. Well, uh, Aaron, I, I guess first up, um, we, there is probably a bunch of podcasts that do deal with uh, advice um, they give to someone starting off. So I'm going to I'm going to list a couple that perhaps worthwhile going back and and looking at. Um, but one of the things that you raised there is there's anything to avoid. Great question. So um, I'm going to throw it to the guys. Um, gentlemen, in your experiences now, what would you suggest that, you know, a new person starting out, what should they be wary of or, or what should they look to avoid? Yeah, Greg? I, I think you got to be careful on the internet. Obviously, there's a lot of... I mean, uh, we're on it. I mean, Yeah, I know, we're on it. But um, you really need to know who you're listening to uh, and, and be cautious of randoms uh, or, or keyboard shooters. Um Yes, yeah, some have knowledge, but they're fairly well usually drowned out with the uh, thickheads. Um, so try to go to, to to I guess sites or or listen to people with some sort of reputation or or you know positive reputation or, or positive experience. Uh, um, don't listen to the first person you read um, because you could end up in a world of hurt. Or, or with misleading advice that costs you hours on the on the range. Um, yeah, that's probably that's one. Andrew, you got? Yeah, I would say try and verify information through multiple sources. Yeah, um, cool. You know, don't just read an article on whatever it might be and run with it. Because I mean, a lot of time you might not want to realise it, but articles could be sponsored by manufacturers, yeah, for yeah. example. So you're going to get a very real bias on that. So I would say look at look try and look for independent information, like user verified, not sort of oh, I heard this or I heard that. Yeah. Actually, try and look for guys that are providing real detailed information about whatever it is you're trying to work out, whether it be load data or you know performance of scopes or whatever it happens to be. Don't just take one source. Mm. Just try and verify it as many ways as you can. Yeah. Um, would mm. be a good one, and don't necessarily read what manufacturers claim as verbatim mm. um, because they will... It, well, <laughs> oh, lead, yeah, manufacturers, one, yeah, marketing gets involved. Yeah, which leads into yeah. one of the questions I'll be talking about shortly here. Yep. Don't believe what they say. If you're using factory ammo, don't believe that their velocities are going to be what they say. Yeah. Don't believe their ballistic coefficients are going to be what they say and yep. so on and so on. Use it as a very rough guide rather than a... Gospel. This is how it is, mm. yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the things I, I think um, is probably... <laughs> good to uh, to avoid don't chase don't always be chasing the next thing or or going oh that's that's a bit better or this or that just if you've got a rifle and scope and set up mm. make the most of it i mean i'm sort of thinking from a budget mind if you've got as much cash as bad go you can chase whatever you like but I've, I've seen guys who are good shooters 
and who have a reasonable amount of knowledge, and they just they just chew through guns. They're just forever yeah, chasing. They don't stay with something long yeah. enough to, to really. And they never really master much, and, and so they they sort of they've gone through you know sort of looking for the better gun, the next one, this one, that one, and um and they uh, end up not um they they don't spend the time shooting the gun to really get to know it, uh, which is is sort of sad because they they often are pretty decent shooters sort of to begin with. Hence the reason they sort of do go down that path. So make sure you you don't chase and utilize what you've utilize what you've got and get more out of it. So mm, good one. If you've got a two to three and you've got a four to twelve, see how far you can take it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. Do what you can with it, and, and then because what that will do, I guess, is that you will be you'll learn where your limitations are and then you can address those specific ones. Whereas if you're going in a little bit blind, you go, oh, I know I need a better scope. Yep. Unless you go to the point where you just buy one of the top end scopes that's got the reputation anyway, you, you sort of, often you're looking sort of for a bit of a compromise and you don't exactly know which one's going to suit you. So so spend time on, on the gun. Um, some podcasts I was going to suggest for you, Aaron. Um, the episode number 17, uh, Todd Hodnett, um, certainly a really good one yeah, to, uh, very good. to start with. Um, there's another one here, uh, I'll find episode number four, but it's called Starting Over. Uh, I think it's what we were talking about, if we were going to start over, what we would do differently or change or whatever it may be. There is uh, that's forty seven, and the one after is forty eight, which was a chat with Butters um, up in Darwin, which was getting into precision rifle with Butters, with Butters. So they're probably three that I jump on to the Paul Reed podcast from Team Surgeon, uh, number fifty two is one of my favourites uh, by a long way. Um, I think that was a uh, he was a wealth of knowledge. So I think that will be probably a few to get you going on that and hopefully some points for you to avoid. Hopefully mm-hmm. that sort of answered your question and got you sort of moving in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, back up what the other guys have said. So, Aaron, thanks for your question, mate. Um, it is a good one. And, and no doubt we will do another um, – we'll probably do another podcast about sort of getting started because things do change and, and things need to be updated and information's around that's different. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll come to that probably in more in depth in some time in the future we'll make sure we get a, a guest in and, and we'll put that to them see what we can find out now we have some other questions that have come through on email now i've got one each gentlemen anyone particularly want to go first i'll smash into it all right good stuff okay i've got one here is a question from preston um now preston is basically wondering about the process we use Wait, where's preston from he is from i believe he's from south carolina Wonderful. I was going to do an accent, but then I remembered I can't do accents. And that's in South Carolina, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers. Um, just just south of North Carolina. Presumably. It may not be. <laughs> it may not be. Yeah, no, cool. Okay, so Preston's basically wondering about the process we use to true um, rifle data, you know, ballistic data, presumably. And mm-hmm. he then basically says uh, he always starts with a manufacturer given ballistic coefficient Yep. Um, his chronograph's velocity, then he pulls data from local weather station to input environmental factors. I found on more than one occasion my recommended holds or scope adjustments here he uses ballistics AE are not correct. I'm beginning to assume the manufacturer stated BCs are considerably incorrect, and you would be correct in assuming that. 
Uh, I know my muzzle velocity has to be pretty close to right because I know what feet per second the sound barrier um, and it gives accurate readings when shooting pistol and 300 blackout right below and above the speed of sound. I'm presuming he's talking about his chronograph readouts here. Uh, my main concern is with a 260 Remington Tika T3 CTR with a Leopold VX3. His primary projectile is a Hornady 123 grain AMAX. And he also asks whether the tip could be overheating slash melting, causing inaccuracy. Uh, in summary, I would love to hear your process as well as um, if you see any glaring errors in his process. So, Greg, over to you. Oh, right, eh? Um, yeah, look, pretty much with the BC side of things, I will not use a manufacturer's BC, full stop. Uh, I will just use make your own up, eh? Yeah, I just make it up. Um, no, I use a um, usually a Litz um, BC, so it'll be uh, a tested, field tested BC produced by the AB guys, and that's for me. It's already in the Kestrel, so uh, I don't actually use a manufacturer's one for, for most round for most rounds. Uh, well, in all the rounds I use, um, there usually is a significant difference between a tested BC and a um, a BC on a box. I think it's got a bit of marketing influence, um, which you know pushes it right out. Mm. Uh, so you know that's one of the variables um, for temperature. Obviously, I'm using a Kestrel, so I have the you know the environmentals of where I'm standing at the time. So that you know that's obviously you know, what's it called station station values, but that's that's the ideal. Um, yeah, you might have a bit of variance uh, getting it from the local station. Um, hopefully, in supersonic, that's not going to make a big difference. Uh, maybe in maybe in trans and sub, it it, it will. Um, uh, but yeah, I use local weather. Uh, for me, I don't have a crony, so quite often I is is I'll zero and I'll actually just throw some shots down range. Um, I was zero at 100. Throw some shots down range, probably at 500 ish. Uh, and I'll adjust to get on uh, in elevation, and I'll put that into my ballistic calculator and true up my um, my data at 500, and then I use that to get out to the, as close to the edge of supersonic as I can. Mm -hmm. um, just shy of transonic is the ideal for me, um, and then I'll do the same process again. I'll try and get on, uh, dial on vertically, uh, and then I'll enter that adjustment as a... Um, MV truing, and that trues up all my data basically. Um, so as long as your temperature, environmentals, your BC, and your truing data is correct, it should be pretty much smack on. Yeah, and I think it's it's worth mentioning. I mean, we we do talk about applied ballistics, at con, you know, a considerable amount. There are other programs around that guys are having are using and having good success with. It's yeah. not the only one. However, yeah. you know, I guess we've all found it to be mm, accurate. Good. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you know applied ballistics have gone to considerable effort mm. to to individually to test. test each of the projectiles. You know they've yeah. got a huge library now of projectiles which they've tested, and mm. it's not just a figure. Um, and and another thing, a lot of the manufacturers they might state a BC, but it often just be a G one BC. Yeah, because it's and, bigger. You know, then <laughs> you run that. If you run that figure. So inches and millimeters, yeah, yeah. isn't it, Greg? Oh, it's just yeah. Sometimes I think they think shooters are thick. Is that why you're shooting yards? Is it, Greg? Oh no, so yeah. Oh, I know that with long range shooters. As soon as it gets to a thousand, you know, up near a thousand, you got to change to yards. 
course, because it's know, further. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it sounds but, good. But yeah. I think, you know, it's worth noting that, you know, you've got to take manufacturer's information with a grain of salt. Um, I'll, I'll jump in at that point. Lapua. Lapua are usually pretty good. Well, I think manufacturers are working out that they, they, they best represent their um, BCs more accurately nowadays. Uh, and, and I've seen that in two ways. One, they, they generally present it really well, and they also um, true it out further. So the ELD range, I see that now has been adjusted to uh, an 800-meter test rather than a 200-meter test. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so I guess what they're realizing is that, you know, the community of shooters is probably a lot more aware of this mm. information now. And if they put out false information, they'll get called on it real quick. Yeah. Guys like Brian Litz and, and others, but then mm. general shooters as well, will go, that's not right. Yeah, this is mm. this is rubbish. And and, and I think that, and probably, that's happened. <laughs> well and truly. And yeah. I think one of the, the, the offset examples of that is Nosler with their RDFs mm. um came out with fairly impressive BCs and many people, myself included, kinda went, Yeah, right. Mm. Cool. And shot them and went Ah, actually, it's, mm. it's not it's not far off. In fact, probably slightly under what it could be, and mm. and, and so the 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 general consensus from people I spoke to about the RDFs was that it was about bang on, if not touch under maybe, but but about bang on, yeah. which is a much better um, much better representation because I know some other projectiles I tried from Nosler were well and truly off on their BC um, for mm. it. So I think that's. Uh, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong, Andrew. It's well and truly not perfect, but I think there's a shift there a little bit. Well, I guess they they have to, as you said, because mm. now you know shooters have got tools Rich such as cut. you know Magneto yep. and yeah. Labradar and this sort of thing, and and applied ballistics at their fingertips. Yeah, which exactly ten fifteen years ago really didn't happen. No, I mean you five said, years ago it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and so, social media and the news gets out pretty quick. Very quick, and just another point which uh, Preston mentions in here about uh, the plastic tips overheating slash melting I, I've seen I haven't I, I can't say definitively either way um, I believe Hornady came out with that claim when they produced uh, produced the new ELDs, ELDs. they claim they, they claim that their AMAXs were doing that in, in fact if I remember this, the video correctly video mind you um, that they were about to release this new line of projectiles and, and then they started pushing the BCs out and, and seeing some drop off and that's then what they ascertain to be the problem. Yeah. yeah. I, look, yeah. I'm, I'm sceptical about that myself and I have seen a fair bit of information that indicates that's not necessarily the, happening. Right. Um, you know, I've recovered um, 168 AMAXs and um, mm-hmm. 123s as well actually out of a 260 many years ago yep. out of sand when they were shot you know, into a sand, sand bank from I think you know, it was in excess of 1,500 yards. Yep. And they were perfect. Yep. They certainly weren't melted. So, you know, possibly if you're shooting them in an extremely fast twist barrel, pushing them really fast, maybe, possibly. Hmm. I, I would not probably consider that, in, in Preston's case, I, would, I don't think that's probably the issue. I don't think it's the issue, no. And and look, so looking at Preston's case, one of the things that, that I make sure I do when I do calibration is I get local data. Because I know that, then look, I don't know where he is in relation to his weather station, but I, I know that the weather station closest to where yeah. I shoot mostly will not be accurate to where I am. Yeah. Um, and, at, you know, the first 500 metres, it's not really going to bother me. 
But mm. if I'm truing, and you mentioned before, you're sort of ideally truing on the edge of transonic. Mm. Um, if I'm truing at that distance, yeah, density altitude is going to going to vary, yep. uh, going to change, and and it could be um, could be enough to depends on how sort of close or far off he's getting, but it could yeah. be enough to do it. Um, yeah. And just uh, probably one last fairly fairly major point here. Um, he is using a Leopold VX3. Now, I mean, people have got varied opinions of Leopold, but that scope is is effectively a hunting scope. Um, you wouldn't necessarily consider it to be a a long range scope. So, I mean, there, and like we've discussed in in episodes before regarding scopes and stated tracking yep. amounts and actual adjustment amounts. Yep. Um, you know, if you're shooting longer range, it could have a very, very noticeable effect. Yeah, um, well and truly. So what I would suggest would probably be... Yeah, you know, do a tall target test. On yeah, that. and just even a box test, just test the tracking yep. on the scope because you may find it's out considerably and that could be... Another factor. Yeah, you know, it could be quite a big factor actually. Yeah, one one more too is is when I've been truing and I'm talking about AB here because I I use AB and um, it it models crosswind jump. So yep. if you've got some wind happening in your truing, and yep. you need to enter that wind into your AB when you true. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll be out by the crosswind jump. Yep, click or two. Yep. Yeah, depending on so, distance. Yeah, yeah that true. that can just yeah cause your your truing to be a little bit skew with. Well, that's, I guess, you, it's one of those things, the more accurate input you can give it, the more accurate result exactly. it's going to give you. Yeah, so. yeah. Damn straight, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, there's a, a question there pointed to you. Now, are you, are you capable of uh, reading this one? I'll oh, sorry, are we, are we finished with Preston's? Are we, Preston, hopefully that's answered your question. Yeah. Right? Anything else in there? That I think that's, you know, unless he's got some more specifics he wants to send through, I... I think we've kind of covered the question. Questions? Cool. Yeah. Obviously, mate, if there's anything further to that follow-up, please let us know. Um, yeah, it's good uh, talking about truing pros. We might we might cover that one day in a podcast, actually, the truing side of things. That's yeah. a good thing. That's yeah, it's the, a good thing to know for that's everyone. That's a topic I'm going to forget you know? about. So someone yeah. remind me about that. Yeah, I'll get round to reminding you <laughs> about you. That. Probably a listener. No one here in the <laughs> yeah, room is yeah, going to remember that. Yeah, true. What are we talking about? <laughs> I've got to remember how to get home. <laughs> good. Another bourbon? Mm. All right. Yeah, so this one's for you, Greg. This one's for me. Uh, it's from Paul. Oh, geez, how do you pronounce it? Chutter? Paul Chuter? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really hoping it's pronounced Shooter. Shooter? All right, we'll make it Paul Shooter. <laughs> Why not? All right. Uh, <laughs> I recently purchased a Seiko M10. Mm, nice. And would like to. And would like a rail mount. <laughs> that, was, that was so I would dismissive, like to. wasn't it? Huh. Nice. <laughs> not not what I'd use, but oh no, no 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 no, it's like I want one. Oh. Yeah, uh, I would like to ra- um, rail mount a radius laser rangefinder. I'd like to know. Ask Greg and found it, if it holds true alignment. Mm. I've read a little bit about how it can move off quite easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I'm having trouble finding a distributor in Vic Oz for that matter. Can you ask if there's? Uh, yeah. Hang on. All right, there are plenty of videos around on the radius. Oh, let's have a 
Oh, hello. Uh, another note, I'd love to have a chat to you about my thermal drone capabilities. I do believe that email was addressed to me, Greg, not you. Uh-huh. Just, uh, just, a bro- just to clarify. As we said before, there's a bromance <laughs> developing already. Uh, drone yep. capabilities and what we could achieve together. Oh, this is love. <laughs> in, the lo- in the long-range hunting world. Thanks for your time. Hope to chat. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, well, uh, I, I should be catching up with this gentleman uh, next week in Bendigo, which I'll be in Bendigo um, for that uh, the night at Smith's Outdoors. If you happen to be in Bendigo, please get along. Uh, Paul, hopefully uh, we'll see you there, mate. And uh, and we'll uh, we'll sort of cut cut Greg's lunch here. He's getting real excited. So um, he might give me a love letter to pass on. I don't know. We yeah, will find I'll, out. I'll whip something up. <laughs> what, a signed podcast, Mark? <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Onto the radius. Um, yeah, I, I've got to oh, say. That is question. Right, eh? Cool. Um, I'm not 100%. You're not, you're not wrapped with it, are you? I'm not over the moon with the mounting system that comes with it. Yeah. Um, I'm very keen for a very similar product to come out with a better the Raptor. mount. Wilcox Raptor. Oh, is that? Well, okay. It's probably about. Ten times the price, though. Uh, <laughs> Minor details for Greg. Whatever. Now, what I found is this week instead of the M10. Yeah, what I found is is it's it's great. Yep. Um, do I hundred percent trust it at the moment that it's holding its its well zero so to speak? Well, not entirely. Um, mm. What I found is when I'm trying to align it, basically what I do is I get it on where I want it, and then I'll like give it a couple of taps. No, it's, no. You, We're still talking about the rangefinder. Yeah, <laughs> easy. Um, just give it a couple of taps, and it just sort of beds it out in its in its thread, I guess. And then right. it'll it'll knock it off a little bit, and then you adjust it again, give it another little, you know, sort of tap vertical and horizontal. And I am talking about the radius rangefinder at this point. <laughs> oh, he's losing it. Um, but yeah, and as you keep doing that, it actually beds down and sort of stops moving as far. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely functional. It's definitely, uh, it's doing the job, but I reckon there's, there's a whole, um, they could probably could do better in the mounting system. Um, that's my thoughts. I'm out. Worth, I'm out. The, worth the money, Greg, would you say? I, I think for, for what I'm doing in the thermal world, I, I think it's worth the money because I've been missing stuff due to not being able to judge range and I can now obviously judge range in real time um, but you know am I pointing it exactly where I think I'm pointing it I'm not exactly sure and would I be off by much probably not a lot it would depend on um, how far you're going to shoot really yeah it does it does and for the for the most part thermal you're sort of inside inside 300 so it's not it's not a big deal but yeah, I, I, it's it's not like you get it on and it stays on sort of thing and it can take a bump. No, no, it, it does shift ever so slightly. Cool. And I guess before we get on to the part of the question or the email, which was exciting to you, um, just want to mention where you bought it from maybe because that was part of oh, this yeah, question yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, so I, I got it through... Um, M10 Buddies. Yeah, M10 Buddy. Uh, Seiko Fiend uh, Ben out of uh, the Armoury. Yep. Um, so he's got a contact in the US and gets them through pretty pretty easily. So yep. and also has an M10. So uh, Paul, yeah. you are you will get on well with him. Yep. So happy to pass details on, Paul, if you uh, would like. 
Um, I'd also just add to that, you're not the only one having problems with that, the zero of that, are you, in, that we know? Yeah, yeah. No, um, very similar with one other. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We'll see. I yeah, guess I was hoping for tell. something that would, you know, that would zero and lock hard, yep. you know, and could take a bump because I, I don't... <laughs> Sam, you're a shocker. Um, yep. Because I don't give my, I, I don't, I don't gift wrap my my rifles copper. Like when I go bush, I don't treat yep. them kindly. You know, they get bumped around and they have to be able to take a bump. You know. Hmm. Um, whereas I, I'm, I'm not sure that a radius can take a bump. That, that may may explain why they uh, are they discontinued or oh they they cut the price pretty yeah. much in half for a long time. Yeah, um, I know brown owls were discontinuing them anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um yes. but the the principle, the idea is fantastic. The price range was fantastic. Um just if they get... can just improve that mounting system ever so slightly, yep. uh it would be a fantastic product. Get spur onto it or something like that. Someone who builds a good mount. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. And, and and it'd be great if you could just sort of screw that mount off and put an aftermarket one on or something. Clear it on. Yeah, but uh, good move. Um, the thermal uh, drone. We'll, we'll leave that when we have some more information. Perhaps that sounds quite good. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. All right, so one more question for this episode, and then I've got to uh, sit down and edit it before I uh, go to sleep for a few hours and drive off, and Andrew goes to work. Yeah. Uh, all right, this is from Evan. Actually, I'm not sure this is a huge question. Uh, so this could be quick. So Evan says, I'm currently in the process of listening to your back catalogue of podcasts and you guys are terrible at what you do. Perfect. He knows us well. Uh, I noticed Jeez. that you've uh, been mentioned. <laughs> you may not have actually said that. Uh, he noticed that uh, lately you guys mentioned types of scopes you have and your guests have also mentioned uh, that we use to really reach out to good distance. My brother is a huge fan of 243 and got his hands on, Greg's excited, got his hands on a Ruger uh, Precision Wolf when that caliber, when it first came out, with a good twist rate. Thing shoots beautifully with a Sierra Match King 107. I've taught him how to reload and handed my equipment to him as I upgrade. I'm afraid he now outshoots me, substantially. There you go, that's what happens. That's good to see, though. Uh, you can take the, the credit as a mentor. Uh, except for the fact that my ticker T3 chambered in 6.5 by 55 has more legs than the classic 243. He's achieving very low single-digit SD. The humble 243 can't quite reach 1500 with his scope, though. He's added a 40 MOA rail to the Ruger and high rings, but was not quite there. It's a 10 by 40 Bushnell Elite. While I was in the States recently, I go I go there often, uh, but don't shoot. Uh, I picked up a cold shot 150MOA adjustable rail for him. It's now hitting 1,500 metres repeatedly. This piece of kit is fantastic. I'll be getting one for myself the next trip. This has been a long way of telling you guys how proud, uh, telling us how proud he is of his brother and identifying a new piece of equipment for you guys if you haven't already seen it. Uh, we mentioned that Badco loves gadgets. Um, well, there's less of a gadget, more of a uh, more of an Chuck Andrew metal. product, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just thought I'd point this product out to you. Uh, very repeatable performance and uh, impressed uh, with it. So, great. Uh, thanks for letting us know, Evan. Um, yeah, not so much of a question, but wonderful feedback to pass on. Mm. Really good success with that cold shot 150 MOA. Andrew, have you seen those at all? 
I, look, I have um, online. I, I've sort of fairly seriously looked at options uh, in the adjustable mount sort of field. I, I think probably I will settle on the Ivy shooting systems mount. Yeah. Um, there are a number of other ones which uh, you know, utilise basically an adjustable base, which you know usually there's a cam that adjusts the, the angle the base sits at effectively. There's the one. I have seen that one. Yeah. yeah. So um, It's called the MOAV. I'm assuming that stands for Mother of All Bases. Nice. I'm guessing. Yep. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I haven't... Well, you come up with a better name for it. The Cold Shot Adjustable MOA Base. <laughs> Glad you're not in marketing. <laughs> but no, look, I mean, there's there are a few options around at that sort of level. Um, it, is that? Yeah. Oh, for an M1 and an M14. Yeah, yeah. An unusual Don't bother thing. looking at them here. No. But um, yeah, no, it's... Certainly, that was one of the ones I had briefly looked at. Um, slightly different setup to the Ivy, but effectively achieving the same thing. Yep. Just adjusting the angle. So, I mean, look, if if he's uh, if his brother's been using one and, and getting yeah. consistent results, then yeah, it's it probably a pretty solid piece of kit. Mm. I think with these things, uh, the 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 test would be. Um, Repeatability. If you were, mm. yeah, saying, he does address that that he's yeah. he's been he's been repeatable. But if you were sort of say dialing it up and down, you know, maybe over the course of the full full travel, sort of from zero mm. MOA to one hundred and fifty, and just actually testing it on a on a tall target yeah. at a hundred meters, for example. I, uh, I've just I've just tried to Google the Ivy Mountain. I'm I'm now today's lucky visitor for November the eighth. And I just have to do a survey, and I will get the chance to win an iPhone X. That sounds legit. Just yeah, sounds guys, legit. excuse just, me just for a couple of minutes while I give them all my personal details. Yeah, I'm sure your credit card details are next. Yep, that's right. Let's try that again. That'd be just like the uh, Nigerian guy that wanted to give me fifty million dollars the other day. Oh, yeah. He's a nice bloke, actually. Yeah. I've had a few chats with him. Or the Russian hot chick. Well, that's probably more like yeah. it. But <laughs> it's really a Nigerian bloke. Oh, really? <laughs> So, I mean, in talking about repeatability and um, of adjustment with mounts, one thing that impressed me on the Ivy one was they actually list the repeatability and oh, return to zero. So it's a chunky-looking mount as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's solid and it's heavy. It's like two pounds or more. Yeah, wow. 40 ounces or something. Full kilo. Mm. Yeah, it is heavy. You're not going to put it on a, on a light gun, but... Um, nice and cheap as well. This is bad gun money, these things. Well, it worked out... To about a thousand Australian dollars or thereabouts. Yep. Um, however, oh, they yeah, okay, I see. They got to fifty mil. Yeah, fifty mil radiant. Yeah, so the That's system good. is very solid, and they do also list their repeatability of adjustments that you see there, uh, which is pretty yep. good. And I would imagine this, those repeatability figures, if they're correct, would be probably better than most scopes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they're listing that information and it it's solid, massive, heavy, solid system sort of sold me on the on the setup. Actually, I wonder if I can find a price for that cold shot. Uh, just just curious to see that the the difference in dollars. They do look the cold shot doesn't look quite as uh, what's the word impressive as the other. Um, not to say it doesn't work, but you know we've got some evidence here from Evan that it does work. So. Um, but I just I'll be curious to see where they sit price wise. 
Um, it's also not the same product really either. I mean, the the Ivy is the the mount and the oh, the, the rings included. Yeah, effectively. Uh, yeah, true. So, it's an integrated system. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it still needs to go onto a Picatinny base of some sort, but um, yeah, okay, Moab's okay. Not, still not cheap. So they range about about the four hundred US versus the six ninety five US. So you, yep, you. Few hundred dollars for rings and mm. and yeah okay okay yeah that's probably so a good the point. overall package is probably a little cheaper but not oh, I just found out MOA B stands for minute of angle base that's a that's a major disappointment they should yeah, have gone with see, mother of all bases no they shouldn't have they shouldn't have, they should have gone no, with cold shot adjustable go. base well they did go with cold shot cold shot LLC M oh hang on there's MR mil radian angle base anyway all right cool. Good. I I'm, I want to start something that's uh, mother of all bases. That's my plan. Okay, I'll pro- <laughs> I'm guessing they will probably see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to hey. extend your range over a mile though if you get one of those. Yeah, mm. yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, um, shooting long way. <laughs> good. Evan, thank you very much for your email, mate. It is good to. I hadn't. Uh, I had seen them, but I wasn't aware that that's what they were. Slightly disappointed in the name, but I do appreciate you bringing it to my attention, and uh, and we can certainly put it out there on the on the uh, podcast. Let everyone know about it. Might be a good option for those who are real happy with their ring setups and um, uh, a good solution instead of the Ivy. And I'm glad he's doing well with the ten power. Um, that's that's shooting really well. You've trained him well, mate. You've trained him well. Cool. Well, gents, I think that's uh, that's about all we've got time for tonight. No worries. <laughs> cool. Good. Good. Uh, so, uh, guys, thanks again for listening. Um, hopefully, we'll see you somewhere in the uh, between Sydney and Melbourne in the next week. Um, and we shall be back. We've got a few more episodes before the end of the year, as well as a bunch of uh, sort of special episodes that we're going to do while we're on the road uh, as well. So, again, if you are that way inclined, we'd love to see you on Patreon and be able to share you some stuff there. And we shall uh, speak to you again in a few weeks. Thanks, guys, for coming in. All right. Catch you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter.